Have you ever wondered what it's like to follow your passion? More specifically, have you ever wondered what it's like to work in the sport industry? I graduated in May 2019 and now I'm an assistant at college athletic event management and intramural coordinator. My life is now dedicated to providing opportunity through sports. I've decided to document my journey into becoming an athletic director. Along the way, I will share my insight, advice, and thoughts on working in sports. Join me on my journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sports as a Job podcast, Journey of the Working Sports Professional. This is your host, Colby Castillo. And if this is your first time in, I welcome you in open arms and welcome to the family. To give you a little background, I am currently in my journey working through sports. But with this podcast, I, only, I want to document my journey and show you there are different paths working in the sports industry. And so today, with episode four, I have brought along another guest for all of you. And I think you will really, really appreciate it. On this guest, he's an electrical engineer on his off time. And on his free time, he, run, he co-runs Stadium Scene TV, which is the central hub for startup sport bloggers, video creators, and podcasters to give them a centralized place to build up the brands. He's a Purdue alum. And from what I've seen, he's also a Chicago Blackhawk fan. And so without further ado, um, I'll, let, I'll let him introduce himself. If you could please tell the listeners your name, their current position, and tell us what your favorite sport teams are. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Hello, my name is DJ Flook. I am, as you mentioned, I am the co-founder, co-owner of StadiumScene.tv. Um, as you mentioned, I'm an electrical engineer by trade. Uh one of the things about being an electrical engineer is there aren't a ton of positions that allow you to be an electrical engineer, but also be in sports. Okay. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe like a, a facilities manager or something like that at a stadium, but those are you know very limited. And where I'm from, I, I grew up in the middle of a cornfield in Indiana. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as an electrical engineer, I, I enjoy my, my day-to-day job. Uh, I, I think I do a, a good job at it. I don't want to sound like I'm bragging or anything, but, um, you know, my, my first law, my first passion is sports. And I've always been looking for a way, how can I use my skill set or some, some basis of my skill set to get into the sports world. And it ended up becoming stadium scene.tv. Uh, it's, it's like I said, this is something I do on the side. It's not, my full-time job by any means yet. I would love it to be someday. It's just mm-hmm. not, not quite there from a, a growth standpoint, especially when, uh, you know, I'm married. I have two kids, uh, twin girls actually are about to turn two next month. So we got to make sure we, yeah. we pay, we're paying the bills. You get the health insurance and uh, making sure that we're saving for, for college for them. So not, not quite yet, but I, I hope that maybe someday this becomes my, my full-time gig. And I think I think you really came across a a good idea. I think really, I think um, in the mainstream media, I think we're moving away from the traditional television, and and we're moving towards things like this. I think a lot of people, you know, consumers, you can get your hands on content anywhere, really. Basically, if you got a phone, you can find podcasts like this one. You can find videos. You know, people have YouTube channels where they basically produce the television, and then you even got bloggers. So I mean, with Stadium Scene TV, I think it's like it's a perfect platform you know it's bringing a lot of the the sport content creators and it's something and i was thinking about the name you know stadium scene i think is the perfect name for it it's uh you know i think about when i think about it i think about well 
here's this, you guys are providing the stadium, stadium, all the viewers are in the seats and then you're giving us content creators, you know, the field to really showcase what we're doing. So how did you, how did you come across this idea? You, I know you mentioned before it was kind of an accident. Yeah, it was actually not the original intent. Um, the, the name stadium scene was actually something I came up with while I was in college. So this is probably going on 15, 16 years ago now. Um, if anyone mm-hmm. can do math, you can figure out how old <laughs> I am from that. <laughs> but um, so originally the concept that I had come up with was that, you know, this was also pre-smartphones, uh, you know, Facebook was in its infancy. And I said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a website out there that would show you um, just everything you need to know, like a one-stop shop uh, where you can go and find information about your favorite stadium, the restaurants around it, the bars that you could go to before or after the game, uh, how to park, how to take public transit to get there. Uh, and and we built this site up. and. It was good. I mean, it, it's the, the, the information is actually still there. We don't keep up with it quite as well as we, we like to, mm-hmm. um, especially with, you know, bars and restaurants in, in the four years since we really started this, my partner, Kate Thompson and I, um, obviously a lot of restaurants and bars come and go. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So there's probably some bad information on there, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it's, it's actually, it's still a very useful tool. We still see a lot of traffic on that. Uh, coming in from Google, and it actually has been a great driver for people. They come in off of Google, they they scroll down, they find information about the bar they want to or the stadium and how to get tickets for it, and you know they see there's other things with with blog posts and and podcasts mm-hmm. and um and, and they stick around and they come back and they they keep coming back and and you know we're, we're building up a, a regular following from that. Um, so, so how this originally stemmed was it was just the travel site. We mm-hmm. had traffic. It wasn't consistent. It was frustrating. Uh, we weren't really making any money on it either, which is yeah. kind of the reason we went into this. But we knew going into this that this was more a learning experience, and we didn't really expect it to be something that we would be able to make a lot of money on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, basically, you could do – there's like affiliate marketing where you can – you know, pedal products and people buy it and then you get paid a commission. And, and we still do that to an extent. Um, there's advertising and that's really about it. I mean, we really couldn't think of a, a premium service kind of way to, to actually make, make money off the deal to, to turn this into a business and improve it and build it out. And so we decided, okay, we're going to build a blog. And we created that and, um, and we called that stadium TV. We were going to do videos and blogs and like anyone who's ever built a video channel or a blog or a podcast, you know, it's very lonely out there. Uh, yes, initially. it is. Um, is you know, we, we kind of put together this podcast and, you know, we're getting like 10 listens and I'm sure half of them are my parents and my cousins <laughs> and brothers and, and, you know, nobody was listening to us. And, um, but then we noticed we, we kind of had the, just the aha moment the one day that, you know what? There are a lot of people out there uh, just like this. And I, I reached out to some random people I, I found on Twitter and were following. Um, one of them is the podcast called The Loud Americans Discussing Soccer. Uh, there are two guys that mm-hmm. used to be roommates in Philadelphia. And now uh, Kevin Pettit lives in Boston and his buddy Martin Frazier now lives in North Carolina. And they do at least a show a week together 
uh, about soccer, um, European soccer from the American perspective. And, you know, we kind of caught them like right as they were starting. They admit they had no idea what they were doing and they just uh, <laughs> recorded their 200th episode. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. The other week. So, I mean, that was really cool that we, we kind of jumped in there together. They, they believed in us and, and we kind of built this this platform out now to have, you know, we have somewhere around 60 partners. I think it's somewhere around 30 contributors are from 35 states or so. Wow. You're the first one from Minnesota. Um, Am I? Yeah. Okay. What about, um, I'm originally from Hawaii. Do you have anybody from Hawaii? We do not, actually. Okay. There's <laughs> we, another one across off the list. There you go. We, we don't get a lot of traffic from Hawaii. <laughs> oh, but, really? But we've uh, we've actually uh, I think we're at five countries right now. One of our contributors who's an American who is living in China, um, Drew Drew Pels is his name, mm-hmm. and he records a, a soccer podcast. And we met him, and he recently moved back to the U.S. But I, I think our total right now is five countries. Sounds that's, about right. That's I mean that's fascinating. I mean like with technology, like for example, I mean I got a message from uh, a person all the way in Ireland who was who messaged me on Instagram talked about how. You know, he really enjoyed listening to my my podcast. And here I am all the way in the middle of Minnesota in the town of 8000 people here in Crookston. And it's, it's pretty crazy how like with podcasting, with the technology these days, I mean, you can reach anybody around the world. Yeah. And, and also the, the, the best part about this, which was completely unintentional, is, you know, the, the collaboration. I mean, we've already always been kind of very not kind of we've always been very pro collaboration I mean, it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know if you're going out there and starting feuds with each other it's like who really cares i mean you've got 20 listeners and you're starting fights with a guy who has 15 <laughs> listeners like it doesn't make a lot of sense or, or just going out there and dropping hot takes to try to get five minutes of fame on twitter i mean it just it doesn't yeah, make sense yeah. it, it makes more sense in the long run to to work together with these people and that's what our platform's built off of mm-hmm. and We've, we've actually, we have uh, a couple of people who are based out of the UK. Uh, one of the guys, his name is Mark Lawson. He uh, runs a, a podcast and a blog called The Game Day Tourist, where he goes around mainly Europe, and he's come to the US a handful of times. Uh, and, and he writes and talks to people about how sport culture is different from where he lives outside of London versus mm-hmm. everywhere else. And he's had He's had me on twice, actually, um, really? on his show. I, I, I live outside of Phoenix, Arizona now. And, of course, we've got spring training here is our big draw in the spring. Um, I, I went on and talked to him about that. I used to live in Chicago for about 10 years before I, I came out here, as you alluded to, the fandom mm-hmm. of the Blackhawks. Uh, and, you know, I also talked to him about Chicago. But, I mean, he's interviewed people that have lived in Japan. He's talked to people that quit their job and just traveled around South America and Europe to visit soccer games, I think was his most recent episode. And it's just mm-hmm. really fascinating stuff, very fascinating people from all around the world. And it's just, you know, we all kind of stumbled upon each other through social media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's, that, that's what can, I mean, sports in general, I think sports is a, it's a universal language for everybody. It, it really connects is. everybody. Yep. I mean, you, all, did your, you, you oh, always ahead, get some, you always get somebody who will say, well, I'm, I went to a you know football what we call soccer game in Europe, yeah, and I went yeah. to a game in the U.S. where obviously it's it's a building sport as far as popularity goes, and they're just amazed how different the two are. And you know people are in this in the U.S. like and this is not just soccer. I mean it's all sports. They're mm-hmm. coming and going. They're going to the concession stands. They're going to get their beer, their popcorn, their hot dogs, or whatever. 
And in Europe, they come in there, they don't leave until it's halftime. And maybe not even that. <laughs> like they, they stand and they sing right through halftime and they're in their seat the entire game. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting to hear the perspective of, of people who have these experiences in this, this different culture. And uh, Have and you seen the, uh, the documentary on Amazon about um, soccer? I have not no, actually. There was a. It was crazy because you're talking about how they stand up and they sing, and it was the. Uh, I watched the like the beginning episodes, like a documentary about um, how soccer, like around the world, is like there's there's really a diehard diehard fans everywhere about it, and I think you know I I haven't been to a soccer game, but I've been meaning to go out to one, especially in Atlanta. I see the uh, like oh, the game atmosphere there, uh, and it looks crazy. Atlanta's as far as pure size it's probably the closest thing we have to europe i mean from from a passion standpoint you know mm-hmm. you you go out to portland oregon you go out to seattle out to new york i mean there's passion is there but i mean it's it's if you get one of those days where they've got sixty thousand people um at in atlanta for an atlanta mm-hmm. united game i mean it's, it's incredible it's just filled with red I, I remember seeing a picture are you a soccer fan yourself i am yes Who's your uh, Who's your favorite team? Uh, well, I'm kind of a, you know, upset Manchester United fan. <laughs> and I gotta... know, everyone's like, "Oh, Manchester, you pick the team that wins." I'm like, "Well, you know, when I grew up in the '90s, they were really the only foreign club that came over and marketed themselves to the U.S. at the time. So, plus, <laughs> I played soccer as a kid. They got me hooked. I mean, what can I say?" <laughs> My my friend is a he's a bandwagon uh, Ronaldo fan. He just follows wh- wherever Ronaldo goes. Yeah, of course. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's I there's a lot of that. Yeah, there's a lot. I think a lot of people follow players these days. They don't think it. They stick with team. So where'd your where'd your uh, where'd your love for sports come from? Did you play sports in high school? Uh, I mean, where did it really come yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. I I played soccer in high school. I wasn't very good. Um, I mean, I was spent more time on the bench than on the field than anything, but. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed playing and probably didn't put the effort I needed to in looking back on it to, to get myself on the field. But, you know, kids do stupid things. It, it yeah. <laughs> you uh, live and you learn. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I would have loved to play hockey. But again, growing up in the middle of a cornfield in Indiana, it's not like Minnesota. There's not a hockey rink on every corner. <laughs> no, there's there's ice on the road right now for you to play hockey if you wanted to, <laughs> that's, really. That's one of the reasons why I moved to Phoenix, so I don't have to see that. <laughs> you don't have to deal with the winter. It's bad. It's bad up here, especially around this time. We deal with negative 20 weather. And mm. me being from Hawaii, I... It, yeah, that's, I that's probably it's rough. a shock. Uh, yeah, I can imagine that that was an adjustment. I, I actually spent, uh, when I worked my first job, I spent three months living outside of Rochester, Minnesota. And of course, it was winter time. And mm-hmm. I got to experience the minus 50 wind chill working outside. That was, uh, that, that'll strengthen you up very quickly. Oh, <laughs> it, it, the Midwest people, I, I learned, they, they're really tough. Because I mean, if you have to deal with this all year round, I mean, you have to have that mental toughness to, to really uh, deal with this stuff. So I wanted to get back into, you know, stadium scene TV. It yeah. seems like you just started this off as, you know, a hobby. And I yes. think this provides a, an option for a lot of people out there, not just who's in college right now, but for people who already have full-time jobs just like yourself. Yeah, you know, I if you have so- a passion for sports, you can get into doing something just like this. Yeah. And, and you know what? Some people, everybody has a different purpose in there. Some people would absolutely love to make it their career. Some people are using it as trying to use it as a, a you know, podcasting and blogging as a stepping stone into a career in sports media. Um, obviously, you are taking a little bit of a, a different 
uh, perspective on it, which I think is really cool. I mean, that's, that's not something that we, that I've seen a lot of. I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a unique going from it, from actually working in sports and building it up to your, your ultimate dream. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's just, we give it a platform you know, we, we let the sign up be free. You come in and we have some premium plans available that will just kind of boost your profile. And if you have a blog and a podcast and, and headlines, put it into our social media to help plug your work. You know, we, uh, and we give you the option that you can come in for free, see if this is for you before you really get involved and meet everybody. I mean, we, we Mm -hmm. open up, we have our, all of our partners, their contact information is built right into the site. You log in, you go into the partner section. It's all there. If you need a podcast guest, there are somewhere around a hundred people to pick from. And I mean, like you said, everybody's willing to collaborate. I mean, why not work together? We're all in this together, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's plenty of bar stools and ESPNs and Fox Mm -hmm. sports of the world and, and especially from a podcast standpoint, you know, you go in there and you search for sports, you're going to get buried by those guys. This gives oh, you yeah. a, you know, this gives you a more specialized look um, to, you know, and. So what's well, the, um, what's this, what's, what's have been the strategy? Cause I mean, like you said, like you didn't start off so well with the stadium scene um, TV. So what was the strategy? How did you guys get traffic going to this website? So, it helps that we stalk our social media a lot. I think actually that's how we, we came across you recently. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're, uh-huh. we're watching, you know, we're watching out, we're putting out posts on Instagram and we're seeing who's liking it and we're going around and, and, you know, it's, it's in a way it's, it's kind of like stalking right now. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you got to get your name out there somewhere. And, and, you know, they always say in, in business school and in business that it doesn't matter how great your product is. If you don't actually put the effort in, to, to market it and to get the name out there, it doesn't matter how great your product is. You know, they mm-hmm. said a, a crappy product marketed well will usually do well. A great product poorly marketed won't. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, and it, it's true. I mean, what we're doing is not revolutionary by any means. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this is from, from, you know, like a bleacher report or, you know, you have all these blogs and people work and, and they get paid a little bit of money um, and they build up some experience for the resume, which is nice. But this, this allows us the way we do it, working with these independent bloggers and podcasters and video creators, they build their own brands. They're growing mm-hmm. their own brand market themselves that, you know, who knows? Like you see some of these guys, like, you know, Bill Simmons is a perfect example of that. He was a podcaster who just happened to get picked up and discovered. And now, you know, everybody in sports knows who <laughs> Bill Simmons and his podcast yeah. is. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of following that same mentality is we're, you know, trying to work each other, boost each other up, help build each other's followings. You know, I, we give you space to share your resources, you help plug. And, and when people ask you, what are you doing with them? You, you know, you share the fine word and, and it's referrals, honestly, mm-hmm. referrals have been mm-hmm. a huge part of it. And I think really right off the bat, especially when I was looking at, I remember getting a follow on my, uh, on my Instagram page and I took a look at everything you guys were doing. And I really, I really resonated with, you know, your, your mission of, of putting all these other people's content and sharing it with everybody and just trying to get them to build their following. And then when I asked you to do this podcast, I mean, you didn't even hesitate to, you know, you said yes, right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely. Did, I feel like, yeah. And it's like things like that, you know, I really it's, appreciate people like you and with stadium scene TV, who's, who's willing to help others. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the missions I, I'm trying to, um, push through this podcast like 
we're all in our own journeys, but you're not alone in it. Right, exactly. And I mean, you, you, we all have different skill sets. I mean, some of mm-hmm. us are fantastic talkers. Some of us are just great in front of the camera. Some of us are gifted at writing. But a lot of people who are gifted at the, the, the journalistic part of it, the, the broadcasting part of it, probably aren't very technical like they you know mm-hmm. they've made a lot of tools like you know you're using anchor fm right now they've made it very easy to make a podcast and get yeah. it published and 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 out there and and even make some money off some advertising in it um it, it helps but like without a, a a technical knowledge you know you're, you may get stuck and you know, you, you can't expect somebody to be a great writer and also be really good on the, the website and, mm-hmm. and be great at marketing on social media and understand what SEO is and using Google, building your search results into Google. Like you just, you can't. Nobody is, very few people are that gifted at all of those things. Yeah. And definitely you have to, I mean, I like reaching out to you guys, I think. So what, let's, let's, maybe let's dive into someone who wants to start a podcast, someone who starts a blog, I mean, where do you start? I mean, you know, let's dive into that process. Well, the first step really is, you know, pick your topic. Understand before you go signing up for any accounts or paying any money, understand what you're going to go on and talk about. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest mistakes people make with podcasting is they will get on and they think that they can just ad lib for half an hour or 40 minutes (laughs) or whatever. And you can't. Um, Yeah. I mean, I... When we do a show on occasion, we've, we've really cut back on original content because we've been so focused on growing the site. That and I'm really poor at writing. <laughs> so I'm very We all gifted. have our strengths. Yeah, I'm very gifted at the technical side. I can talk a little bit. But when I go and do a podcast, I have to have the show outlined. I don't mm-hmm. script it, mm-hmm. but I've got to have an outline. I got to know what I'm talking about. If I have a guest... You know, this person is taking their time to spend time with me to talk. I need to know who I'm talking to. I need mm-hmm. to know about them. And it's really my goal when I'm interviewing somebody is I want to shove a fact in their face about them that they're like, how did you figure that out? Or how did <laughs> yeah. you know that? The stalker mode, right? We yeah. go back into the stalker I mean, mode. You know, and, and, you know, with our podcast, we've been very lucky over the last year that we've had some, some pretty high profile guests come on and, like, for example, uh, earlier this year, back in the spring, we had M- Michelle McMahon, who is an on-air talent for the Big Ten Network. Okay, um, yeah. She, yeah, she's one of the – she's the host of the Saturday Tailgate show that runs uh, parallel with the ESPN College Game Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she does that. She does in-studio work. Uh, she used to be the Blackhawks uh, ringside reporter for their local uh, sports – regional sports channel up there. I, I emailed her out of the blue one day from her website and said, yep. Hey, can you, I, w- I want to learn more about you. And I think, you know, the world wants to learn more about you. Would you come on and talk to us? Mm-hmm. She, she responded back in less than 12 hours and said, absolutely. I'm and like, that's I, one of the things I tweeted about, about, um, you know, don't be afraid to just ask. Yeah. I mean, the worst they can do is say no, mm-hmm. or they may ignore your email. I mean, you know, that's not the <laughs> yeah. end of the world. No, I mean, they're, no. They're they're not going to come back and insult your family, or no, that, or, or, no. or you know, or, or ruin your reputation. I mean, <laughs> it's like they might know, they I, might think you're a little creepy for for emailing them out the blue. I'm sure I get. I'm sure they uh, they have their opinions at, about me when I email them. At this point, they should be used to it. And if they're yeah, not, yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. 
you know, and, and Michelle has her own podcast. I mean, it's, I, you know, we've emailed hundreds of people and have gotten no response from mm-hmm. them. And you know what? I, it sucks. I, there's a lot of people I'd love to talk to, but what can you do? Yeah. I mean, you can't really do not. You just, you just keep going on. You keep emailing more people right. and sooner or later someone will, will bite and, and agree to get on your show. I, you know, and, and more recently we've had actually um, Bernard Pollard, the former NFL safety I listened to, yeah, I got yeah. to listen to that one a little bit. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, and, and you know, um, you know, Bernard and I went to Purdue. We were there at yep. the exact same time. We lived in the dorms next door to each other at the same Neighbors. time. Neighbors, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I knew who Bernard was, obviously. You know, he's one of the best players on the football team. I'm just <laughs> some, some jerk sitting 67 rows up in the nosebleed seats watching him beat people up. And yeah, he, yeah. He goes on to have a pretty good or not a pretty good, he has a great NFL career. I mean, makes made good money. He won a Super Bowl. I mean, he played with and against legends. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, some amazing stories. Like, my favorite story he told was, I asked him, how do you prepare for somebody like Peyton Manning? Mm-hmm. He comes back and says, it's very difficult, if not, you know, it's, if not impossible. You just have to hope he makes a mistake. Yeah, you don't I'm, prepare I'm for of, that guy. I'm kind of paraphrasing. And he told this amazing story about, you know, he thinks, you know, he's taken a lot of crap from Patriot fans over the year, partially because, <laughs> you know, he tore Tom Brady's ACL on a tackle. He went after Wes Welker, and Welker kind of panicked and tried to fake and blew out his knee. He sprained Gronkowski's uh, ankle in the AFC Championship game the one year. He knocked Stephen Ridley unconscious on a hit basically um, in, in an AFC championship game. I mean, he's That's like, pub- he's like public enemy number one in, in, in Boston. And then he makes comments like, I think Tom Brady is the second best quarterback of all time behind oh, Peyton Manning. No. And, you know, that just further set the Patriots fans off. Um, I haven't seen any direct comments from, I mean, he said it in our interview, he interviewed and went on ESPN a while after that and made that same comment. Mm -hmm. And, and I said, okay, you know, you got to back up your statement. Why, why is Peyton Manning better? And, And he basically explained when you're lining up against Peyton Manning, he knows everything about you. Mm -hmm. And he goes, we set up this play. I was going to come in and blitz him. We changed it up like three or four times at the line and Peyton Manning comes up even after changing it and giving this look that we've never given anyone before, he points me out and says that, you know, that I'm blitzing him and it just caught me on guard. And, and he basically said like, and I hope I'm getting this story right. It's been a while, but he, he, he went up to Peyton after the game and said, how did you know, man? And he basically said the position of your feet gave you away. Wow. The feet, huh? (laughs) The feet. You've got a guy who walks, Walks up to the line. He has 40 seconds to, to call a play, get up to the line, probably changes it two or three times, uh-huh, scopes uh-huh. out the defense as they're moving around, and he has the instinct to know, I can tell by his feet position, he's going to be the one blitzing me. I mean, if that's not <laughs> special, I don't know what is. I mean, I mean do, you, do you agree with him? Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback? Well, I am from Indiana. I am oh, incredibly, you, yeah, 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 I am incredibly biased on the situation, uh, so I think you know the answer. To that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to say, it, but I think I'm on the opposite train. I'm with a, I'm a Charger fan, um, but I'm a Tom Brady. I think I, Tom Brady has killed the Chargers a lot of times in the playoffs. 
you, many you times. You, you can't argue with it. I mean, it's it's like, you know, you're you're basically arguing which piece of platinum is better here. I mean, they're, yeah. they're platinum. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I just I don't really, and that's one of the things too that that I I promote and I push is, you know, getting into these top five lists and hot takes. I just it's not for me. I don't really. It's see hard. Any, yeah. Yeah, everyone's I mean, it's, got their it's own just, personal opinion. Yeah, you know, it, it's arbitrary. It's opinions. There's no scientific fact behind it. It's no. Yeah, you know, as an engineer, I I gotta believe in scientific fact to believe something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's good. I mean, that's good. That's a good. That's good in a lot of ways, right? Right. I'm sure it helps you out. Um. So diving back, let's let's dive back into you know someone producing content. So you started off. How do you get it going? How do you build that brand? Because like you said, you, you know, a lot of people are in this position where their only followers are probably their mom and dad and their right. cousins. And, and that's, that's where it gets tough. Um, uh, again, you can see why I don't podcast very much because I love to ramble and go off on a tangent. Oh, it's, <laughs> but, it's okay. It's okay. I'm the same way. You uh, get when, me going in a topic I really like, I'll start talking a lot. When, when Kate and I are podcasting together, I promise I'll go back to the topic in a second, but when we're podcasting together, <laughs> she will text me during the show, shut up, you're talking too much. <laughs> now she's not here to tell me to shut up, so this is awesome. So you're um, free to go. Yeah, so I'm, I'm free to ramble. So going back to the topic, again, preparation, knowing who you're talking to, having a good layout. Not you know, you don't have to read it scripted. You know, mm-hmm. People don't like scripted. Obviously, there's some things you have to do scripted. And, and the other thing, too, is as much how you prepare the podcast for when you publish it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to make sure that you have a good quality recording. It doesn't have to be crystal clear. But if it sounds like you're recording it on an AM radio, no one's going to listen to that. They'll give up after yeah. five seconds. Mm-hmm. But a good quality recording. And when you're building your podcast out, when you publish that episode, you need a good straight to the point title without it being too long. I've, mm-hmm. I've used this line on other shows before, but the magic limit is 70 characters in your title. Anything over 70 characters. 70 characters is the absolute max. You I'm gotta, writing that down right now. You got to get your point across in under 70 characters. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about. If you write something like, here's my podcast, episode one, no one cares. No one's going to care. No one's going to see it. You got to mm-hmm. say, I'm talking to, you know, Super Bowl champion Bernard Pollard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how you get attention. I mean, we're still, you know, even though that episode was recorded in June, I mean, we're still getting thousands of listens every month on that episode. Well, I mean, I think there's a connection between it's a Bernard Pollard. But yeah, right. Ball, I mean, but I mean, it, you know. it, it helps that you've got a guy who won a Super Bowl played in the NFL, um, for yeah. sure. But, um you know, it, it gets the attention. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. you put mm-hmm. a big, big name or even a decent sized name. I mean, we've had other guests too that have had amazing stories, but they're not household names or even close to household yeah. names. Um, so after the title, the next thing you need to do is you need to have a good description. You need to show what you're talking about. If you just write, oh, we talk about sports for the next 30 minutes. Again, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to talk it out. And, and I'm not saying that, like, some people will say, uh, you know, zero, zero, we introduce the show. We talk about, uh, you know, Tom Brady struggling the last couple of weeks. And at five minutes and 12 seconds, we change topics to talk about Kawhi Leonard getting his ring tonight. 
and it, you don't have to go that level of detail to be mm-hmm. successful, but you need to have a good description. Talk about what you're talking about uh, in a moderate level of detail without making it too long. As and, you know, it's again yeah. easier said than done. The the final step, um, as far as publishing goes, is keywords. It's hard enough to be found as it is on Apple Podcasts when you've got millions of episodes out there. You, mm-hmm. you need to use good keywords. If you're talking about the Houston Astros cheating scandal with their camera, you need to put Houston Astros. You need to put Houston. You need to put baseball. You need to put cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's no limit to – I don't think there's a limit to the keywords. I've never tested that out, though, but – Put good descriptive keywords down there that'll get people's attention. And that's when they search and find things that if, you know, somebody's looking at a barstool podcast that they listen to and they're talking about the Houston Astros, when you get to the end of it or you are in the search and other things you might be interested in, maybe you pop up there. So you're saying you're saying you do this from episode to episode, right? Not just for the whole podcast. Right. In it's, it's episode mm-hmm. to episode. So what would you say? Because I'm in, in, in my situation, I guess I'm in a unique situation because I was taking a look at a lot of the other podcasts on Stadium Scene TV. You know, they're talking about particular sports. You right. know, it's mm-hmm. soccer. But then here I am. Um, mine is my, mine is really, I guess it's guest based. And I have, I'm going to have guests on from all different parts of sports. So it's really, it's kind of broad. And, and you know, and that's fine. Like if you're talking to a guy who, you know, runs a baseball league, baseball is fine. Like if they tell a story mm-hmm. in there about how they played for the Minnesota twins in 1994, throw the Minnesota twins in there. I mean, it's, it's, it's keywords like that. They have to be relevant to your show because you don't want to mislead people. But yes, even if they, yeah. even if they bring up some arbitrary story with, with a mm-hmm. good keyword, I mean, it's keywords are very, very important. They're a lot more important than people want to give credit for. I, I remember I remember doing research when I first started getting into it. I think keywords was a very big thing. I don't know if you're familiar with Gary V, but he Gary V always talks about keywords too in his he's a, a media and a marketing yeah. mogul and he talks about that the same stuff you're talking about, especially with today's attention span. I think, you know, keeping it short and sweet yep. um to start off the bat to get their attention. I think straight that's the, the really the way to go. Yep, straight to the point. Which I'm terrible at when I talk. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, so the, the, as far as publishing episodes go, I'd say that's a great start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, invite your guests on there. Make sure you're giving your guests some love on social media that, hey, they stopped by. That turns into a retweet from them and a like. And that turns into a share to their, their Instagram story. Um, you know, if you make an image for the episode shoot the image and say, hey, would you mind putting this on your social media and a link to my podcast so your, your family and friends can go listen to it? It's, you know, and that's just, it just eventually it snowballs. You build up enough people, they turn into regular listeners. I mean, it's, obviously there's exceptions. Sometimes things don't work out. People come and go, people lose interest. That's going to happen. But I mean, yeah. you, you take those basic steps like that, you're going to put yourself in a much better situation uh, to, to, to build that brand, to build that audience. And I think that right now, I think I'm in that transition of trying to build the, um, my brand and the audience that I really want. Cause like you said, um, and I remember seeing it on your guys' website, 
you know, you guys have an audience that that really participates in your content and that really differ, differ, differentiates between, you know, other other um, platforms or other sites. And they don't really have people who are participating in their actual content. Right. And, you know, Instagram is difficult because, you know, Instagram, you can put links in your comments, but people can't click on them. They, you, no, got your, no. you got your link. If, you, if you're quick, which I'm pretty sure I saw you do this, you use Linktree. And, have and I li- just figured that out. Yeah, we, we, you know, we, yeah. we use Linktree. We love it. I mean, you know, I could probably build something myself, but for mm-hmm. now, it's, it's great. It's free. Um, and you can put your platform across, you know, if you have a website, if you have a podcast on Apple, Google, Stitcher, et cetera, um, you know, you, you, those people can click on your link tree and they can pick however they want to listen. Mm-hmm. And I, I, go ahead. The, the last thing with Instagram is you want to create engagement on the comments. Um, mm-hmm. Comments is actually how you're going to drive engagement. You know, you have good tagging in Instagram, but ask a question in your post. You know, if, mm-hmm. if a question comes up, you know, make people think. People love sharing their opinions. I mean, the internet is full of, you know, millions and millions and probably billions of people sharing their many opinions about everything every single day. Ask a question. You know, if, if somebody makes an example of something on the story or on your episode, bring that question into the post. Get people mm-hmm. commenting. And then always reply back with a question because that Mm -hmm. continues engagement. It creates posts, you know, and Instagram Intel doesn't care if you're posting comments or somebody else is posting comments. But if, if somebody comments, you ask them a question, they reply back, turns into a comment thread. Now you have 15, 16 comments and you've just significantly increased your chances of getting a follower, getting your post seen by random people and building that audience. Yeah. So it seems like you have a lot, I mean, it seems like you have a lot of knowledge about, you know, marketing and driving social media audience. I mean, you're, you're an electrical, you're an electrical engineer um, during the day. So where did, did this knowledge come, you know, through the process of building this or was it something no, that you no, always into? I, I, I had a lot of this stuff, uh, um, especially like coding websites. I knew some absolute mm-hmm. basics, but I mean, I, I self-taught all myself you know, everything. I built the site from scratch or we, we built the site from scratch. I shouldn't take full credit for it. <laughs> we built the site from scratch. We coded it out. Um, you know, we're, we're taking lessons, uh, a, a very classic, uh, site Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y.com. They have thousands and thousands of lessons to pick from that you can usually spend like nine or $10 on. And you'll have people that show you how to build on an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. how to build out your, your social media, how to record a podcast. I mean, there's, there's a lot of very knowledgeable people that are willing to share information for you for a very, very low price. And I, I spend probably more than I should on that site, but I just, you know, I just love learning things. Mm-hmm. I probably will get off this call right now. I'm in the middle of a uh, um, social media marketing class on there right now. Okay. And uh, I'm probably, as soon as I'm done, you're probably going to go back and start watching more videos. I mean, it's just. And I think, I think it's great. You're, I mean, the whole story of, of what you've been doing, especially when you're working full time, I think it, it gives listeners, you know, it gives them, it shows them there's options. If you're really passionate about something, it, there's the, the knowledge and everything is out there for you to learn. And it's just all about starting and putting the time to, 
actually start something up. Yeah, and and it drives my wife insane sometimes. And I, <laughs> I thank her very much for putting up with this because there are many times where she'll be like, "This isn't going to work." Not you know, not that she doubts me, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason why nine out of ten businesses fail, and it's not due to lack of passion. It's just there's a lot of things that have to go right. And like I said we're not making anywhere near the amount of money to make this a, a career out of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we're, you know, as, as a essentially a side hustle right now, uh, we're doing just fine. What's the, so what's the goal then? What's the goal for the stadium scene TV? I, I just want to keep building this audience up. Yeah. Um, you just want to keep building it up. I, I mean, it's just, you know, maybe it's just, it's, it's genetic, but I, I just love to see the success of, of people that come in and and you know use your platform they build their audience up and you know it, it gives you that proud parent feel <laughs> at yeah, the end of the day yeah. um you know one of our our earliest partners on it i keep plugging these people because they're they're a very important part why this is still going mm-hmm. and one of our earliest partners his name's adam corsair he runs a podcast he's out of rhode island and he's a toronto raptors fan He's having the time of his life right now, obviously. Oh, I bet with with, with how they're doing the the their GM is actually a local Hawaii guy, so shout out to him. <laughs> but he, um, you know, Adam was a guy that we stumbled upon. I I just was searching podcast one day. Mm-hmm. I found him and and I sent him an email and I said, "Hey, man, I I love what you're doing, and here I want to you know I want to be a part of this." And he agreed, and you know he's extremely talented i mean i don't care i don't know anything about the raptors other than you know absolute basics i don't care about the raptors i'm not a raptors fan but i mean he is very compelling uh with with what he does Mm -hmm. and he's so good that his podcast a u.s based guy in rhode island was the number two toronto raptors podcast in the entire country of canada on apple podcasts at one point really I, it's just that's, like, that's really I, amazing yeah. it really it, it is and i mean I've, I've you know obviously he's very good at what he does he does a lot of great networking with with raptors fans mm-hmm. and he did some blue jay stuff before recently decided to go exclusively to the raptors um and to just covering the raptors on his show and he you know he's he's very good at what he does and i'd like to think we had a, a small part in in helping him build that Again, not trying to sound arrogant or cocky or anything. <laughs> well, I'm sure it goes back to the how you said it. it makes you feel, you know, it's like a parent thing. It makes you proud to see all these uh, these partners I, who've been with you from the like, beginning. Like uh, as weird as it is to say, I want our our you know our we they're some call them customers. We prefer to call them partners because mm-hmm. that's what they are. We want our partners to pack up and leave. We want them to pack up and leave the site. Because somebody offered them a huge money dream job uh, to go out there and and broadcast on a national level in a pro- in a professional studio and say, "Look, we helped. We knew this guy when he, or girl when he got started or she got started, and you know we used this platform to build that up." And mm-hmm. that's really our ultimate goal: is we want our our partners to leave us. <laughs> as weird as that sounds. And I like that. I, I just from this conversation, I can tell your your intentions with Stadium Scene TV. I think it's a very pure intentions. You really want to help um, a lot of these podcasts and content creators to really get up off their feet and and get the followers. And like you said, go on to bigger and better things if they do get a chance and opportunity to do so. That's that's the goal. 
Yeah. And then, so the last thing I actually want to talk about, I knew that um, you talked about, you started off with sport travel. So I wanted to ask you, I really want to ask you, what is your favorite stadium? You know what? I got asked this a week ago and I didn't really have an answer. No? Or a cu- couple weeks ago. Um, as much as I, I love travel, I, I, the amount of stadiums I've been to is, as I've counted it out, is not as many as I, I thought, I guess, initially. Um, again, I'm plugging another person from the site. I'm, <laughs> well, go, right, my, go right ahead. We're all in it our, together. Our, our, our good friend, his name is Mark Darden. He goes by the alias Buckeye Muscle. Um, if you couldn't guess, he's from Ohio. <laughs> the Buckeye. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's an Ohio State grad. Um, he could probably bench press four of me, uh, you know, and he, he wrote a book and mm-hmm. I actually, he sent me a signed copy of it. And I, I, I absolutely love him for it. He sent me a signed copy of his book that he wrote in one season. He visited all 30 major league ballparks. Really? And he goes through the book and he goes in order of the ballparks he visited. He tells the stories, he tells the travel problems he had. And at the end he publishes his travel budget and I'm going to pull this book out right now, but I feel like he, the the amount of money he spent to go to 30 baseball stadiums in one season living in Ohio was very, did he drive everywhere? Was he flying? uh, He, Anywhere in the Midwest, he drove. Okay. Um, he spent a lot of time on um, on uh, uh, Greyhound buses or Megabus. Oh, that's not that's yeah. never pleasant. No, and, no. And, and he has some. I, I think like, I think he spent like somewhere around. I can't find it, but I think he spent somewhere around five thousand dollars total. That Only includes, $5,000. Yeah, and I mean, he stayed at hostels. He stayed at, at Airbnbs. He, in some cases, he stayed with friends. Mm-hmm. Again, he took Megabus. He took Greyhound. He flew out to the Midwest, in, or Midwest. He flew out to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And he flew to L.A. and took the train down to San Diego and hit L.A. and San Diego up all at the same time. I mean, I don't want to give too much away. You should go buy his book. Um, yeah. But... I mean, it's it's very fascinating how he managed to pull that off. So you but, don't have a particular you don't have a particular favorite. I mean, I live ten minutes from Wrigley Field. I mean, you know, for all oh, wow. li- lifetime, I um, you know, I've been a Cubs fan since I was a little kid, just because it, it appealed to me on TV when I was in you know first or second grade, and finally got to see a World Series, which many people never got to do. So I mean, Wrigley Field's always gonna have a special place mm-hmm. with me. Yeah, it was. It, it is was still kind of dumpy. Um, they've done a lot of work remodeling it in recent years to make it not as dumpy. Um, but if you take personal bias and sentimental out of it, I think Dodger <laughs> Stadium is probably my favorite. Dodger Stadium. Yeah, I've actually never been to. I'm still trying to make it out. I've been to a hockey game. I have to cross off MLB off the list. So I haven't been to a major league game just yet. Ever? It's no, I have. I've never been to because we don't have baseball yeah, in, I guess, in Hawaii yeah, I guess or any professional sports. Point. So really, the only time I actually got to, like, I literally just went to my first hockey game um, last November. I went to a Dallas Stars and San Jose Sharks game, and I had no clue what was going on. It was in Dallas. I had no clue what was going on, but the atmosphere of the hockey game is crazy. It is. It's it's nonstop. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they have a tradition there where during the national anthem, anytime they 
the word star came up, the whole crowd would yell star. And I was like, this is crazy. And yeah, I had and, no clue what the hockey was going in the hockey game. So, And, and a lot of people know this about the, the Blackhawks, but one of their traditions that started, I want to say it was Desert Storm, during the Desert Storm War in the early 90s with Iraq. Um, mm-hmm. They had a game at old Chicago Stadium, and they started playing the national anthem. And the anthem singer was this, uh, at the time, was this great opera singer. And the crowd just screamed and applauded through the entire national anthem. And they've been doing it ever since. And, you know, the Blackhawks yeah. had some bad years in the early 2000s. And obviously their last decade has been phenomenal minus the last year <laughs> and a half or so. But to, to go in there and experience that and, and you have an opera singer, a trained opera singer singing the national anthem with a massively large pipe organ playing in the background and people cheering and clapping. I mean, it's just like, if you're not like shaking after that, mm-hmm. like you don't have a pulse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy the the, the chills that like these game atmospheres give you. Like, I wanna I wanna go to as many games as I I I want, but I can't. Especially living, I'm like five hours away from Minneapolis, so I don't get the chance to really go to any of the games down there. It's yeah. If you can get up there, it's it's worth your time. Yeah, Just and I think about the my favorite moment was the. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but when the, the Minneapolis Miracle, I was watching it from home, and then they had they, they won the game, and then you had Case Keenum in the middle of the field, and he oh, was leading the, uh, the, the skull chat. The Viking chant. clap, yeah. Yeah, the Viking yeah. clap. And I was getting chills like in my, in my living room. I wasn't even at the game. Uh, well, and like I'm not a Vikings fan at all. I was watching that game. Um, if, if anything, I, I wanted New Orleans to win <laughs> because, you know, Drew Brees is a Purdue uh, he's a Purdue alum as well. And, you know, even though he, you know, the saints beat the Colts in the super bowl, I guess I'll forgive him for that. Um, but you know, I, I wanted the saints to win. I, I love Drew Brees. I think very highly of him. He's a, he's a wonderful person off the field too. Um, but you know, this play happens and like, I was just so pumped up after him. Like I have no (laughs) real rooting interest in this game, especially for the Vikings. And I'm on my, standing on my couch. That's just what I love about sports is like, you have no rooting interest, but you know, you see something where it, it it seems like this is over and they managed to pull it out in front of the home crowd. Mm -hmm. The place goes Mm -hmm. crazy and it just, you you can't not be impacted. No, no. And you can't duplicate. You can't duplicate that same feeling you get from it from anywhere. It's just a unique. It's a unique feeling, and it's just it's amazing. And I ho- hopefully I get to go to more. I want to go to a Vikings game. They're playing the Chargers. Uh, actually, this week or next week, I think they're playing the Chargers here in Minneapolis. So I might have to take a look at at the ticket price and I have to make a way down there. All right, I'll ask you this. How do you feel about the uh, the Chargers move going from San Diego to L.A.? Does that bother you no, at all? No, you see, because I'm not even – I'm not from San Diego. So, like, I'm from oh. Hawaii. So, I'm from Hawaii. Okay. So, my dad was a Chargers fan. Um, so, really, he, he was a Chargers fan. So, I, I was kind of, like – it was, like, automatic that I was a Chargers fan. But the first game I went to the – the only NFL game I've actually been to was when I was in the sixth grade. And we went to a Charger game at San Francisco Park, at the Monster Park. Um, it was the Chargers in San, uh, San Francisco, and um, LT was still on the team. And I still remember he had like he had a career day that day. My dad was just getting bashed by 49ers fans. But I don't really have <laughs> I don't I don't know I, I didn't really care. I guess I mean like it hurts to I hurt it hurts for all the San Diego people 
for them to lose their team, but I don't really have a personal, you know, personal loss in that. You know, and, and being a Colts fan, they ran into the San Diego handful of times in the playoffs. I, I have remember. a friend from San Diego mm-hmm. who used to, used to just give me crap for it. Then you got the one year where – I think it was Philip Rivers at the time. He gets hurt, and they have like Billy Volek come <laughs> yeah. in, and then and then beat the Colts at in Indianapolis. And you know, my friend, she used to love to give me crap oh. every time the the Chargers would win. So then the Chargers moved to LA, and she sends me a message on social media that says, "Well, it was a good rivalry while it lasted, but I guess it's over now." I'm like, "Wow, you just." Flat up gave up on the team. I, I, I don't get I, that. I, I don't blame her. I, mean, I, don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't blame her, but it was still kind of surprising to actually see that written out. Well, they're talking about now. They're supposedly talking about moving again. So I don't know where this team, this truck, and the Chargers are doing horrible right now. So I, talking about them just gets the blood boiling in me. <laughs> but I guess um, to finish off, to finish the podcast, you know, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, that, that what I do is usually with guests. I asked them um, what quote, if there's any quote that you remember or you really model your life by or you live your life by. What quote do I model my life by? My last guest, uh, she did she did one by kid president. She was like, uh, be somebody who makes everybody feel like a somebody. Whew, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a very – that was a good I, one. I, I mean, I – I'm not sure I have a, a quote that I, I live by, but I just one that just kind of I, I cracks me up every time I hear it. And the, you know, the motto of the Chicago Cubs in 2016 <laughs> was a quote by their manager at the former manager, Joe Madden. And he had a rookie come in and sit at his desk and he was giving him kind of the rundown of, okay, here, you know, welcome to the big show. All I can say for you is just try not to suck. <laughs> Try not to suck. That's like staying straight to the point, right? That's the way. <laughs> yeah, and and if you know if you've ever seen Joe Madden or heard him give interviews, I mean that's just classic Joe Madden. There's just no BS with him. He just he tells it like is like it is. He's just a very funny, very personable guy. And and sure enough, that became kind of the unofficial motto of the team that year. And uh, they, there was a whole like he partnered with a company that you know they would donate portions of the sale to his his charity and it literally had a pair of his like glasses on the, mm-hmm. the front of the shirt and it says try not to suck do you, and do you have a shirt I, no i don't no. actually but um funny that some of the ballparks were actually banning those shirts it wouldn't let you wear them in <laughs> what <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> because it's not family friendly people yeah it's it's we live in a sensitive world these days let's just, just leave it at that yeah yeah i you know it is what it is, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I like that's a quote I live by, but I mean, it's just one that I always kind of you refer back to. I, I, I refer back. To yeah, I'm just like, hey, I'm trying something new. Let's just try not to suck here. <laughs> I like that. Well, DJ, I appreciate you really. You know, there was no hesitation from you from jumping on this podcast. I really enjoyed it. I think a lot of the listeners will will get a lot of good information about there's options out there, you know. There's not there's there's the non-traditional options. You can turn this sports passion into into a side career, a side hustle, and eventually something that you can do for the rest of your life. But I appreciate what you're doing with Stadium Scene TV. You know, you're giving content creators like myself a platform to really build a following and 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 get the right people in front of our content. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly it. Maybe you know 
working on a bleacher report site and, and making some, some money and building up your, your portfolio and resume works for you. Other people would rather build up their own brand and, and build up the resume that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And if, if building your brand is for you, whether it's a blog or a podcast or YouTube, or even going into like Twitch streaming, you know, we've, we've recently kind of expanded out into the esports world, you know, whether you think that's a sport or not is, you know, that that's a, topic for another day mm-hmm. but you can't argue with the rising popularity no of it. you can't you know you, we, we embrace it and say like if you want to talk about your streaming of madden or fifa or whatever hey you know what we have a platform for you too definitely i i like that and again listeners once again like i always say we're all on our own journeys but you are not alone and thanks you thank you dj and have a good night i really appreciate you jumping on and real quick, I just want to plug the site and mm-hmm. social media Go real right quick. Um, again, uh, come visit us at stadiumscene.tv. Even if you're not into the blogging or podcasting world, come check it out. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff on there for you to check out. Maybe it'll inspire you to start a blog someday or a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and on our social media, at Stadium Scene on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, which is another side discussion. Pinterest is a great source for traffic. And at Stadium underscore Scene on Instagram. All right, you heard them. If you got a podcast, if you got a blog, if you got a video con, uh, if you're a video creator and you love sports, head over to Stadium Scene TV and join the movement. I appreciate it. Thanks, All DJ. Right, thank you. Don't leave just yet. I lied. It's not good night. Um, I told you I'm on all social media. So I, if you are listening, you know, give me a follow. I'm on Instagram. Look me up, Sports as a Job. I'm on Facebook. My actually, it, my at username is Sports as a Job. But the Facebook page is Story to Tell. So give me a like and a follow on there. I'm also on LinkedIn. Look me up, Colby Castillo, K-O-L-B-Y. Last name is C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. And most recently, uh, I actually expanded to TikTok. Um, I create some content, you know, it's more of the day to day. You'll see more of the day to day things that I do. And then just some funny videos that have spread a good message. But I hope you listen into the next episode and it's been good. Thank you guys.